1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 333 AM. 333, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in The Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. think I'm finally getting through to them. 333. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe,
2: hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Stack in the box, post Memorial Day edition. Matt Verderam. Before we get into the AFC, where we're starting today, anything special on your Memorial Day?
1: Ah, uh, no, not not really. Just kind of hung around the house and did some stuff to care some things and uh, enjoyed you know, a few days to just hang out and chill out. It's just pretty much every day these days.
2: Verderam, no barbecue.
1: Uh, no, and we have a grill, but no, uh, not really. Uh, my, my wife made some really fantastic fish tacos yesterday. I felt good about it.
2: There we go. Stephanie Bergeram way to way to get her done. All right, let's get into it here. We're starting with the AFC and we're having the discussion whether or not it's an actually even worth playing the AFC outside of. Baltimore and Kansas City two-team race. I've been texting around here, Matt, trying to get people to say, who's the third team in the AFC? I'm getting a lot of different answers. I mean, do you think that this is a straight two-team race?
1: I think on paper, it definitely is. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's worth talking about because like, when you look at the Super Bowl odds right now, in almost every book in Vegas, Kansas City's one, Baltimore's a close second, and then there's like seven NFC teams and then, you know, whoever you want to throw out there, whether it's Buffalo, New England, somebody else is like 25 to one, right? Which is obviously, a, a you know, maybe a value play, but a long shot. And I just look at it and say, you know, who is going to be that team? Now, there's always some teams that surprise us. Like, a lot of people didn't think the 49ers were going to be in the Super Bowl last year. Like, the Niners in week two last year were an underdog at Cincinnati. So it's something to keep in mind. That stuff always happens. We'll talk more about some sleeper teams and whatnot a little later on, but... I do think it, it is worth looking at when you look at these teams in this conference. I mean, Brady obviously is no longer in the conference. Of course, Peyton Manning is long retired. You got Roethlisberger, who's 38 years old and coming off elbow surgery. Doesn't mean he can't come back and be healthy, but that, you know that is a significant issue for them to overcome. Buffalo is a team that I really like, but I worry about the quarterback play. Like I, and then of course the Texans have Bill O'Brien, and they and they torpedoed that roster this offseason. So it's like, who is gonna step up? I I don't know that I see one. I'm sure somebody will be better than I think, but I, I just I think they're gonna have to make a massive leap to get into that conversation.
2: Well, and a reminder too, last year the Chiefs were the favorite by most to win the Super Bowl, and they did, right? This year, the Chiefs are out there, and the Ravens, as you mentioned, are right there. And sure it's football injuries happen. Anything can, anything can go down. But I, I really think when you look at the AFC, it's just, it's, I, it, you have a two team race here and maybe something crazy happens. Like, you know, we're going to talk about cam later in the podcast, but like maybe a guy like cam shows up in Pittsburgh and all of a sudden there's a miracle there. And the Steelers are a whole lot better. Or you look at Indianapolis and Phillip rivers, just, uh, you know, finds the fountain youth and he's back in his prime. But outside of something like that, I don't really see a path for anyone to challenge the level of talent, barring injury, that both Baltimore and the Chiefs have.
1: You don't know, like Buffalo or Pittsburgh or Denver? Because to me, those are the only teams. And Denver, I think, is a stretch because I just, it locked to me, look, he was fine in the five games he started last year. But asking him to just all of a sudden compete with, with those two teams, I think, is a, is a stretch. I think being their playoff team. Like, Tennessee's the one team we haven't brought up. And they went to the AC title game, of course, last year, and they beat Brady, and they beat Lamar Jackson. They beat them pretty soundly in that divisional game. They went to Kansas City, played a pretty good first half, and then just really kind of fell off in the second. And I kind of look at the Titans, and I know there's some Titan fans, I'm sure, are listening and saying, hey, what about our team? My problem is Tannehill showed you who he was for about eight years in Miami and then had 10 games where he was fine, but in the playoffs, he was, like, throwing for less than 100 yards. And, and, and needed to do something in the second half and can City and could not do anything. I just think Tennessee, like, a, a good team and an interesting, compelling story last year, Derrick Henry was unbelievable, second half of the year into the playoffs. But, like, to me, that's a team, I think they're better than the Jaguars from a few years ago that went to the AFC title game, but that same type of, like, magic carpet ride and it's just really hard to replicate it, kind of where I fall along with them.
2: Right. Straight. Regression candidate in my
0: mind. I think in most. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
2: People's mind and okay. You want to bet on Ryan Tannehill, tough spot for Tennessee. I get it. You you, you signed him up. Maybe it'll work out for you. Tough position to be in, but I I can't sit here and say like, oh yeah, the Titans are going to challenge the chiefs and the Ravens. Like, I mean, come on. That's that's, that seems ridiculous.
1: Do you think of, of any of the other teams in the AFC, like, do you think there's a team that has the best shot? Because I'll give you to me, if Roethlisberger is healthy, they are the one team that would scare me if I'm Baltimore, especially Baltimore's in the same division or Kansas city, because they have a very good defense. They've got a hall of fame level head coach. The weapons aren't what they once were, but Smith Schuster's still a good player. Connor's a good running back. McDonald's a decent enough tight end. They have very good offensive line. Like to me, he is the biggest wild card in the AFC. If he's not himself, they, they have no chance. We saw what they were last year without him. If he's healthy, that team's a problem. Now, I, Buffalo, I, I love the defense, and I like the weapons quite a bit. Diggs coming over and all that. Allen just – I cannot picture Josh Allen going into Baltimore or Kansas City and out playing one of those teams. I just cannot do it. I think they're good, but I, I just – until he takes the step, I still think Pittsburgh. Even though I think Buffalo is slightly better all around, I think Pittsburgh's the bigger threat because if Roethlisberger is healthy, he can play up to that level.
2: See, if I had to make a bet, I would say Buffalo and bet on Allen just because I think there's the most upside there, and he has progressed at least somewhat each year, uh, maybe even more than somewhat. That might be a little unfair to him. I look at and I like Denver, but. The Broncos have a really hard schedule playing in a very tough division. You got, I mean, so it's hard to, it's hard to bet on the, on the Broncos. And I actually don't mind the Colts, but that's asking an awful lot of Phillip Rivers at this point, you're changing teams, you're, you're pushing 40 years old or whatever he is, is he 40? So, I mean, 38. 38. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, it's not, it's a lot more fun to be able to fly up here are your seven contenders in the AFC, but uh, to me, it's—I uh, mean, it's almost equally fun. Though here, here are the two top teams. and Let's hope that uh, Baltimore and KC actually meet in the AFC Championship game.
1: Do you think either one of them is primed to take a, a significant step back? I'm, I'm not saying even like miss the playoffs, but maybe be like a ten and six team and not a you know twelve plus win, somewhat of a juggernaut type team.
2: I don't, just because I don't think that uh, like who's going to push them. Where a uh, barring injury, which I think you always have to take that out of the conversation, but I really don't. I think Kansas City, I mean I suppose with the Ravens, maybe there is a, a greater uh, idea of exactly what they want to do offensively. The teams are able to scheme better for it. You're not going to do that with the Chiefs. So I, if I was betting on one coming back to the pack, it would be Baltimore. Yeah. But I also think, you know, the Ravens are young, man. Lamar's still getting better. So why would I, you know, why would you take chips off the table there?
1: No, I'm with you. I think those two teams stay where they are, and I think it's just a question of who hosts the AFC title game. Really, I mean, I, the the only concern I'll have for either team, like I agree with you with the Chiefs, barring injury, and I again, you're right. I think you have to take that out of the equation. Um, the Chiefs just didn't really lose anybody. Like I, there's no even even coaches, so I don't think there's really. Any like, oh, this would be what it is. I think the Chiefs are pretty safe as far as like a top-tier team. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, be a top one or two seed. I think the only thing that would scare me with Baltimore is if, if – you know, Jackson's gotten better every year, even going back to Louisville, so I think he'll continue to do so. This isn't a really a question of him, but more of a question of what's around him. Like They, they did not go out and get help for him at the receiver position. They do not have good weapons on the outside. Like Marquise Brown, that's all fine and fair enough. We'll see if he improves on, a, on an interesting rookie year. Like Willie Sneed should not be starting for a Super Bowl team in 2020. Mark Andrews is an excellent tight end, but they you know they trade away Hayden Hurst. They don't really have a second tight end who catches the ball. It, Brown last year dealt with injuries. Like if they they just that is my concern is are they capping some of his potential because there is nobody that can get open one on one on that team. Like at some point. You're going to play a team like the Titans who just say, look, you're not running the ball. We don't care. We're going to put everybody at the line of scrimmage. We're going to cover you one-on-one. So that would be my only concern with Baltimore is just the teams start to say, look, we're going to just load the box. Anything to stop you from running the ball, and you've got to beat us throwing to those weapons. But I still think they're so talented defensively. Jackson's a great talent, and they can run the heck out of the ball. They have great coaches. I still think that they'll be... You know, at least on you know, an 11-win type of team.
2: One variable that we aren't discussing potentially could be a factor. I, I, I say potentially. But, okay, we're playing football in 2020. No fans are allowed in the stadium. Chiefs have a huge edge at home, man. Playing at Arrowhead matters. So you take fans out of the equation. Does that have an impact? I don't – probably not. But it's something worth mentioning. I mean, and the Ravens, I mean, they whatever they were seven and one at home. They were seven one on the road last year. But you know they played great at home too. So
1: the Chiefs were five and three at home, seven and one on the road last year. I mean, I, I'm sorry, five right? So they were seven and one on the road. I you know I don't know. I think uh, I think I think it's uh, interesting to look at. But I also think, look, you know what? It's I don't know that we're not going to have fans. The NFL, a couple days ago, flat out said, hey, yeah, look, we're planning on having full stadiums. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what they're hoping. And then a report came out today from Charles Robinson over Yahoo, who said that, the, that they're looking at having full on full squad minicamps in June. So does that happen I, again? We don't know. Things change daily with the coronavirus. But the NFL was planning on basically having a year that looks normal. We'll see if they can do it.
2: You went to the Ozarks this weekend? <laughs> I, did
1: not. I did not. Which, by the way, okay. Anyone who's seen those, those videos or that video, um, it's like I don't understand. Like, and I'll also I'll preface this out front really quickly and say I am not one of these people who is terrified of getting the coronavirus. I'm not. I'm not also one of these people who will you know go out and not wear a mask and flaunt the guidelines. I will wear a mask. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But I'm not terrified of getting them. I'm 31, I'm in good health. That being said, that Ozarks video where everybody's just jammed into a pool, there's like a thousand people in, in a kiddie pool. Like, that looks atrocious even when there's not a pandemic going on. There is no scenario where I, at any point in my life, even in college, high school, I'd be man, that looks like a lot of fun. That looks awful. You know damn well there are a bunch of drunks just taking a piss in that pool. Like I there is no way you're getting me into that pool in a normal time, let alone during a pandemic.
2: Let me paint a scenario where I think you're in the pool. You're 22. There is three attractive women who want to hang out with you, and they're all getting in the pool in the Ozarks. I think, Ram, I think you're in there, buddy.
1: <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Okay. My my quarantine schedule's been, you know, be at home for the 95% of the time, Go grab some takeout occasionally. I have spent an inordinate amount of time at Home Depot, but I've been wearing a mask and doing the distancing and all that fun stuff. Um, dude, there's no way I'm in that that pool ever. Under any scenario, it just it looks awful. All
2: right, I'll give you 50-yard line seats, Chiefs, Ravens, AFC Championship game, full stadium. You going?
1: Dude, I, I plan on being there week one when they open up the season. I will be in the stadium if they allow me to be there.
2: Okay, so you're I don't in. Know if
1: That'll be as a media member, or if I'm just going to take a, a PTO day and just enjoy it, and like go with my dad or something. But I, I, if they will have fans, I will be at the stadium. I, I would, I would be happy to be there.
2: It's going to be real interesting how this is all going to play out. But uh, all right, there we go. Let's let's go into our into the future segment of the podcast today. And our first question is: Who is your deep deep now deep sleeper in each conference what do you got here matt
1: all right so yeah deep being the operative word we're not talking about some team that went eight and eight last year so i'm gonna go in the ASG. i'm going with the biggest sleeper that can be record wise i'm taking cincinnati i think they are going to score a lot of points Got aj green tyler boyd Okay, they, they, they had a really solid draft. They had Joe Mixon in the backfield. They have, of course, Joe Burrow now, quarterback, and they drafted T. Higgins in the second round. Like, Higgins, Boyden, Green at receiver, Mixon at running back, Burrow quarterback. Now, they cannot play defense. At least I don't think they can play defense. But they did spend some money, a couple of corners, coming over from Minnesota in free agency, and Alexander and Trey Waynes. They spent money to land D.J. Reeder, the nose tackle from Houston, who I actually I love as a, as a player. I think he's going to really help them inside. He, he actually joins what could be a pretty good defensive line. Like, I think the Bengals are going to be interesting. I don't know that I think they're going to be great. They're not going to be great, but I, I can see them winning like seven games. I think they're going to be fun. In the NFC, I am all in on the
0: card. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, an easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
1: I think Cardinals are going to be good. like Legitimately, like a playoff team level good. I think the Cardinals are going to be pushing for the playoffs. Now, that's a loaded conference. Do they get there? I don't know. But I think they're going to be you know, a nine win type of team. I think the Car- I mean, you got Kyler Murray, second year. Kingsbury proved to me he can coach. You've got Fitzgerald, who's still good despite being eighty-eight years old. You got Christian Kirk. You added DeAndre Hopkins. You added Jordan Phillips and Isaiah Simmons on defense. I, got- I think the Cardinals are going to be a problem for some teams in the NFC. All
2: right. So my NFC team, when you say deep burgundy, no one's talking about them and they had a horrendous start to the season last year but finished strong. Any idea which way I'm going?
1: Um I'm Falcons. looking
2: I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons.
1: There
2: you go. I banged up miserably last year. Have the power to get the offense rolling still. Could very. I think the Saints are a great candidate to regress here. I mean, how long can you keep rolling? So yeah, they got to deal with the Bucks and and revamp Tampa, and everyone's going to be you know expecting Brady to lead them to the playoffs. But I, I like Atlanta as a dark horse in that division. And AFC wise, I'm thinking Miami. Man, Dolphins oh. were tr- Dolphins were trying to lose last year. They had a surprisingly competitive season if if five and eleven can be considered competitive. Let's 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 get it you're looking for fun. Let's have a great season for Tua and all of a sudden the Dolphins are a eight and eight football team and look I mean hey if there's any division to pick a sleeper in that would be the AFC East, right?
1: Yeah. No uh, no listen, I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, the Dolphins probably would have my second choice. So I got I got no issues there. Look if Tua's healthy and he's really good right off the bat, they could win that division. That division that division to me hinges a lot on Josh Allen. If Josh Allen's better and he's really good, then hey, I think they're going to win that division. I think they win it going away. If Josh Allen does not improve and two is healthy, eh, wouldn't be the craziest thing I've seen.
2: Wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be completely off the board. Is Cam Newton going to sign before camp? Still out there hanging out, Cam.
1: Good feeling at this point is no. Why would he? What's the point, right? Like you might as well wait and see if there's an injury, if there's a situation that develops that maybe they're starting to look for other options. He's not going anywhere and starting. Look, If the Pats wanted him at this point, he'd be there. So, you know, it it screams to me that he's not starting anywhere right now. There's nowhere, which to me, which I got to be honest, I I think is insane. Like, I I know he's been injury prone, but my God, look around the league. There's some guys starting right now that you'd go, really? Like, he's better than Cam Newton? But if I'm Cam, I'm waiting it out. There's always a team. It ends up needing a quarterback. Something goes wrong. Uh, I don't see any, any motive for him to sign right now.
2: I think he's going to sign. And I think he's going to sign with Pittsburgh.
1: Okay. The, the
2: Steelers... Look, you, you can't feel confident with Big Ben. You can't be confident with what you got behind him. Cam, you probably want to have some level of guaranteed dough here. I don't know. So, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm thinking... This guy fits in our offense. Big Ben's old. I can't believe he's still sitting out there. Let's see if we can get him for cheap. Give him some incentive laden in deal. Tell him that he's a great chance. He's going to play. Next thing you know, Newton and, and Newton's wearing the Pittsburgh colors. I don't know. I think that seems almost more plausible than the that he's just really going to sit out there the whole off season and no one's going to pick him. But. I guess uh, if he wants to roll the dice, maybe it makes most sense. Who's going to get injured? Okay, Cam to the rescue. But if I'm him, I don't even know if they're going to pick me, right?
1: Maybe not. It's it's been odd. I got to say, I, I'm surprised. I really thought, I really thought he would, he would be signed by now. But you know, it's also part of the problem might be money, and I and I don't know if it's be the case or not. But you know, Winston signed for nothing essentially. Like Joe Flacco signed for nothing. You have to wonder if he's just saying, "Man, I'm not like not signed for two million bucks. Like I'd rather wait for some team to be desperate after a guy, you know, breaks an ankle or something." I, I, it almost feels like, you know, is there a, a reward for him waiting? Maybe there is. I don't know, but it's it's odd. I I continue to say I think the best fit for him is the Bills. Right, it's the best fit. Like McDermott was there for I believe six years. When he was in Carolina, so was his GM Brandon Bean. Their their current backup to Josh Allen is Matt Barkley. And if I'm the Bills, I'm like, man, we gotta win the division this year. And Josh Allen likes to run around, take hits. We're one hit away from Matt Barkley. Okay. That's not a hit I want to be away from. Like that's terrifying. The other side is if I'm Cam Newton, I'm quietly thinking to myself, this is a really good team, plays great defense. I got weapons. If Josh Allen's not good in September and we're one and two. Fans are going to be screaming for me to get out on the field, and if I get out on the field, with that team, I can make I can make a lot of money for myself. So, yeah, you know, whether or not the Bills are interested, I don't know, but that would make a lot of sense.
2: Now, I like that a lot. Buffalo could be a great spot for him. Hey, let's move on to Dak, and he reportedly turned down a thirty-five million dollar offer. And the question right. is, will he regret it? I don't know if I completely buy this report, but let's just uh, let's let's answer that question regardless. I mean,
1: that's, does that make sense to you? Do you believe in the report? I, I do believe it. And I believe that if it is true, uh, that he did the right thing. I, you know, and I know it sounds nuts. I've had so many fans reach out to me on Twitter and say, you're, you know, it's crazy. He he He's not worth $35 million a year. I get that. In a vacuum, you're right. But in the NFL, you're wrong. Hey, look cap goes up every year. The cap is going to explode over the next couple of years here. We reported at first at Fanside that the cap next year could be as high as $240 million. Right now, it's $200 So the reality is the, the numbers you're seeing now are going to be dwarfed in even just a couple of seasons. If I'm Dak Prescott, I am waiting for Patrick Mahomes to sign. I'm waiting it out because when Mahomes signs a $40-some-odd million dollars a year, you're not getting Mahomes' money. And he knows that. But it's going to raise that ceiling. Right now the ceiling's thirty five million with Russell Wilson. Mahomes signs for 40. If you're Dak, you're sitting there going, look, I'm at least I'm a Deshaun Watson type. I can get 37, 37 and a half million. I think you wait it out. Right now, what what is the what is the risk? You're not going to get hurt right now. So sit up, sit on your hands, see how things go. And and I I would wait as long as I could. Now if you get to July fifteenth, which is this deadline, and Mahomes still hasn't uh, still hasn't signed, well, then you've got a choice to make. But I would I would at least wait as long as I could uh, and see if he does sign and see if the Cowboys get nervous around the deadline.
2: I mean, I suppose he's going to end up getting more, but it's like 35, 37. There's 0.0% difference in your life. To me, I would just want to stop thinking about it. I think he's actually going to sign for 35 at, I think that's right now, I guess, NFL fair value. But uh, to your point, waiting probably doesn't hurt him. But I think he's still going to end up at that 35. Well, I'll be really happy when it's done and done and we don't have to talk about Dak and his money anymore because clearly the Cowboys missed their opportunity or didn't want an opportunity to trade him. So you're going to pay him. So let's just get it over with here, Jerry. But for whatever reason, we're still doing this topic week after week because the Dallas is just sitting there with uh, – Whatever strategy they're having. I mean, can anybody figure out the Cowboys' strategy here? Why w- Waiting's not going to help you to everything you just laid out. So what are you doing? You didn't trade them when you, you could have gotten draft picks. So what are you doing? I, cowboy, I don't get it.
1: The Cowboys screwed this up to the hilt. They never should have signed Zeke that extension when they did, ever. They should have played that out, given it a couple of years. They didn't do it. Then they, they screwed up by not paying Cooper earlier on. They should, have, they should have signed him the day they traded for him. Instead, they waited. Now they're paying him $100 million. There is not a person in the world who thinks Amari Cooper is worth $100 million. Nobody. Amari Cooper doesn't think he's worth $100 million. So take it for what it's worth. But uh, the Cowboys screwed this whole thing up. They ended up losing Byron Jones. And now they're going to have to pay. If they had just paid Prescott before Goff and Wentz and Wilson signed, they would have been in the clear. But they waited, and they nickel and dimed them, and now they're going to pay out the notes.
2: Let's uh, wrap up our NFC conversation with the, our favorites here, Werder Who do you got at the top of the NFC?
1: You know, I thought we talked about the AFC a little bit at the beginning, so why not go NFC? Like, there's just a lot of teams. You can make a case as your Super Bowl favorite for Philly, Dallas, Green Bay. If you want to make a case for Minnesota, I guess you could. New Orleans... Tampa, San Francisco, Seattle. That's half the damn conference. It's incredible. I mean, there there is going to be one of those teams that doesn't even make the playoffs at minimum. So I am going to say the Saints, but I'll say this. I am nervous saying the Saints because Breeze is clearly on the decline. Still very good, but I don't think he's quite who he once was. 41, no shock there. Brady, it scares me with the Bucs because I know everybody loved Brady was not good in the second half of last year. Just wasn't. Now he wasn't, he wasn't awful, and they had no weapons in New England, but he wasn't good. He was not elevating that team by any stretch. I love the Niners roster. Garoppolo just worries me. Like it, it's just hard to see him putting that team on his back when he has to. So I'm gonna say the Saints because I think the Packers regressed. The Eagles, I love the Eagles, they just always hurt. So, I, I don't know. I'll say the Saints because I do think that the, the the roster is the best roster in the NFC. But I'm this close. I'm inches away from saying Seattle. If Seattle was a touch better in the secondary, I would say that.
2: So, how many turnovers did Jameis Winston have last year?
1: Well, he threw 30 picks. I, I don't know how many fumbles he had off the top of my head.
0: Enough?
2: Right. So, Let's just talk about the 30 interceptions. How many games did the Bucks win last year? Seven. Right. So I'm taking Tampa. You've got a great coach. You've got the best quarterback ever. Yeah, not near his prime, but still pretty damn good. You've got weapons all over the field. You've got, I think, a Green Bay team that's going to come back to the pack. I think the Saints come back to the pack. Uh, to what you outlined about San Francisco, I think a safer pick. By the way, I think the safest pick is the Niners because uh, they'll. I'm pretty damn confident they're going to be there. But just for the fun of it all, I think you can make a great case for Tampa Bay right now, and that would be that would be the most entertaining season we could have.
1: To me, of the eight teams I reel off, you could make a real argument for any of them to miss the playoffs, and for any of them to win 13 games. I mean, I. I think probably, and there's varying, there's a slight scale to that, obviously. I think Dallas, it's, it's a little harder to me to argue 13 wins there. Um, the Niners, I, the Niners to me are fantastic. I don't look at the Niners as any kind of, a, of a, a team that is a fluke. I just worry about Garoppolo. I know they went to Super Bowl last year, but he didn't have to do a damn thing in the NFC playoffs. Nothing. They, they, they ran the ball forever against Minnesota and Green Bay. And in the one quarter of football where he had to do something in the playoffs, he couldn't do anything. That—that's my only concern. Is you can scheme up everything all you want, but at some point—and this kind of goes back to what we talked about the Ravens. Like at some point, your guys have to just win one on one the outside, and your quarterbacks got to be good enough to hit them. Like I, I, I don't care. You can scheme all day long. I—I I, I just worry with Garoppolo. Like, and I was at the Super Bowl. I will never forget the image of Emmanuel Sanders running wide open right at me in the last two minutes of that game. And, him, and, and just looking and seeing that whole play in slow motion and just thinking, that's a touchdown. Like, he is wide open. And about a split second after Garoppolo threw the ball, immediately realizing, no, it's not a touchdown. He overthrew him by five yards. Like, that's a throw that, to me, if you're going to win two, like, you've got to be able to make that throw. So that's my only concern with them. If he could improve incrementally, I think they're the best team in the NFC.
2: It'll be real interesting if he if he took a next step, but then mm-hmm. then I think San Francisco's straight overpowering. But uh, yeah, and and it is kind of painful if you're a Niners fan. Interesting from an NFL standpoint, and uh, a few from a Chief standpoint. How close that Super Bowl could have gone. Straight to San Francisco if he hits a throw that I don't know, NFL quarterbacks hit ninety five times out of a hundred.
1: Can I throw out a hot take? Hot take. I, I think even if he completes that pass, I think the Chiefs would have gone right down the field. And that's that's the other side of it too. That's. And I, and I honestly, and I, I will say this: in the moment, I felt that way. In the moment, I because it would, he would have scored with about a minute and twenty some odd seconds left. And the Chiefs saw all their timeouts. I just think the Chiefs would have just gone right down the field. I really at that point the Chiefs were in such a role. I, I just think they would have scored again. But but who knows? That you know, that's it. you're one play away at that point if you're the Niners, a strip sack, something, game's over. So I don't know. I don't know
2: what would have happened, but I would have signed up for the drama all day long. Let's uh let's do our in and out to wrap up stack of the box this week. And we start with Marcus Mariota. He will take the starting job. From Derek Carr. In or out, Bertram?
1: I'm out, but I think that there's going to be drama around it all year long. Because Carr had his best year ever last year. Threw 4,000 yards, completed 70% of his throws. Uh, I believe this yards
0: per. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
1: For temp like 7.9, it's just top 10. He was good statistically last year, but there's always, whenever you watch their car, there's always this feeling of like that his version of a deep ball is a slant pattern. And there's expectations around them this year in the sense of they've moved to Vegas. They, they added some pieces. I don't buy them I, I, I to me I, I do not think they're a very good team. I think defensively they're still a mess. Offensively, I think carr's limitations are, are significant. But I don't think Mariota's better than Carr. So I don't think he's ever gonna take the job. But I, I do think there's gonna be like they're gonna have a game. Like week two, they play the Saints on Monday night football. They, they, like let's just say that's a that's a classic game where the Saints win like 35-20, carr doesn't look good. I think you're going to start hearing calls, but I I don't think that Mariota takes the job.
2: Just because of the money, I think that he's going to start at least a couple games. I mean, seven and a half guarantee, two years, 18, nearly 18 million bucks. Real money. I mean, that's real dough right there. And everything we've heard from Gruden, doesn't love Carr, doesn't love Carr, doesn't love Carr. I don't know. I think at some point here, Mariota gets a shot. I don't know if he'll fully take the... A gig so I guess that means that I am in let's do uh drew Locke you mentioned him earlier verem he lives up to the hype in Denver in or out
1: I'm actually out on this and partially because I think the hype is just insane like he started five games last year and they went four and one so everybody points to that and says well my god he went he went four and one he's, he's clearly you know on his way and I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player what I will say about drew Locke is if you go and look at his stats from those five games, okay, and I got it right in front of me. Completed 64% of his throws, seven touchdowns in five games, three picks, 1,000 yards, uh, average att- yards per attempt, 6.5. Like that's not, there's nothing about that that makes me feel like, oh yeah, this is a big time guy. Now, I do love that Elway went out and surrounded him. With a lot of talent. He went out and got KJ Hamler in the second round. Jerry Judy in the first round. Bolter receivers. They drafted a tight end later on in the second day. Um, Corlin Sutton's a beast. They signed Melvin Gordon. But I just. Other than his game against Houston. Where he was terrific. Through, through 309 yards and three touchdowns. His lines in these games. 134 yards. Two touchdowns and a pick. 208 yards on 18 of 40 passing. Uh, no touchdowns and a pick. 192 yards on 33 attempts, a touchdown and, a pick, and, and no picks. And then the last game, home against the Raiders, 177 yards, 28 touchdowns, and, uh, and, and, and excuse me, 177 yards uh, on 28 attempts and a touchdown. So, like, I just think right now, right now, I think he's a guy. There's potential, but I think people are, like, just launching these ideas that he's going to all of a sudden take the league by storm this year. I don't, I don't see that. I think he's got a long way to go.
2: He's having a very engaged offseason. I mean, he's he's talking with Peyton Manning. He's already he was living. he was he holed up with his parents for a while, but now he's already back in Denver. Pat Shermer, by the way, I mean that's that scheme is pretty quarterback friendly here. Now he's got to learn another whole deal here, but I'm gonna bet in on him, man. I, I think that uh, the defense will at least take some pressure off him. So End of the day, I think he's going about his business the right way. And I think there's a lot of things going for him in Denver in a positive direction. So I'm going to say he's going to live up to the hype. Maybe not, maybe, maybe living up to it might not look exactly like it normally looks, but I think that, I think people will be saying positive things about Drew Locke when we get to the end of 2020, um, slash 2021, let's go to Daniel Jones. He'll have a better second season than Dwayne Haskins. DJ versus Haskins, Giants, Redskins. What do you got here for the ram? In or out?
1: I'm, I'm in. I think Daniel Jones does have a better year. I, I do. Um, and that's not, look, that's not even really a criticism of, uh, of Haskins. I just think the Giants have much better weapons around them. I, you know, you look at they have Barkley in the backfield. Okay, they, they spent some capital to upgrade the offensive line. Obviously, the fourth overall pick on Andrew Thomas. They have Sterling Shepard. Now, obviously, you know, Beckham is long gone. It would have been nice to see what, what Jones could have done with Beckham. But I feel like the Giants, like, there's, there's some guys that can really play. Even Darius Slate last year came on as a rookie, played, nice, uh, played nicely. Uh, the Redskins, to me, it's like Terry McLaurin and who the hell else? Like, who? I mean, Adrian Peterson is still terrific for his age, but, like, I don't think teams are sleeping, you know, without, without – uh, some sound over over Adrian Peterson, I, I look at the Redskins and just think, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where he's going to go. So I think the biggest thing is Jones; he's, he's got to limit these turnovers. The turnovers are, are just going to kill them, and he turned the ball over a lot last year. But I think, I think he's going to have a pretty decent check in the year.
2: I'm a little biased here. Dwayne came on, talked to me, slathered an interview. He was very impressive. There's, uh, I think, talent wise. I'm leaning his way over Daniel. Uh, clearly, he was. I also have memories of him absolutely annihilating the Northwestern Wildcats at Ohio State in, in the Big Ten Championship game. So, and I'm and I'm a believer in Ron Rivera. So, I, I actually I'm going to bet on Dwayne. Man, I, I I not with a strong conviction here, but. I don't know. The Giants just overdrafted Daniel Jones. I can't get, I can't get involved here.
1: They did, they did overdraft him. The only thing I'll say, one, one thing to Haskins, I do need to see better with him is he's got to make his decisions quicker. Like, last year, okay, Jones was sacked 7.5% of his dropbacks, which is not ideal. Haskins was sacked 12.5%. I, uh, part of that is the lines aren't good. I, I, sure. But he's got to get rid of that ball quicker. Um, but hey, look, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I will say this. I agree with owner of Vera. Vera is a real head coach. He knows what he's doing. So this year, Haskins is going to have a better chance to succeed than last.
2: Last one here. Phillip Rivers has a bounce-back year for the Colts, in or out? I, I, <laughs> I, uh,
1: I'm, I'm
2: laughing I, laughing because you proposed this question. You're still I thinking did, about I it right did. now. I've
1: been back and forth for four months, which is why I'm having such a hard time. I'm in with a caveat. I'm in in the sense I think he will be better this year. I don't think he's going to throw 20-plus picks because I think the line is better in Indianapolis. The, the caveat, though, is I don't think he's going to be a top-ten quarterback. I don't think this is going to be like one of these things where all of a sudden he's like all pro-contention. I don't see that. They have T.Y. Hilton, and they drafted Michael Pittman Jr., who I really liked at the senior ball when I was down there in Mobile this, this winter. But they, they have— a dearth of weapons on the outside outside of uh hilton and I, and I just i worry about that for rivers who is a guy who has been known to force the ball if, if hilton is taken away or he's hurt as he was at times last year does rivers just force it and then he does hit 20 interceptions so i, I think he's better i do think having frank wright who coached him in, in san diego nick sirianni who's his offensive coordinator who's his quarterback's coach with the chargers I think that helps. I think having a better offensive line really helps. But I I, I don't think – I think the bounce back is, is there, but I think it's more gradual than it is, you know,
2: full swing. I'm all in, man. From the Bolts to the Colts, one more dip into the f- fountain of youth for Phillip Rivers, 38 years old. Why not, man? You know, there's got to be some level of angst somewhere in the Philip Rivers body of all he had to endure in San Diego slash Los Angeles. And I think he just wants to show like, look, uh, hey, oh, look at these cool players around me here. Let me let me show you what it looks like when I'm playing for an organization that certainly a dark horse in the AFC as we kind of go full circle. I think I think that's a fair assessment of where they're at. All right, let's let's wrap it up here. Just a little moment of time here. Looking forward, what's going on in your life right now, Matt Verderum? I know you want to celebrate something.
1: I I do. I, I today, which is uh, we're recording Tuesday, on the twenty sixth. Uh, I am married to my lovely wife for three years. I can't believe she's put up with me for this long. Um, I uh, I, I look forward tonight to, to ordering in some food, and uh, we got a couple bottles of wine. So look out! I'm gonna you know probably. <laughs> Each take one and just have a good time. Her, my in-laws are nice enough to, to watch our, uh, our daughter, Maisie, for the evening. So we'll be able to actually sit down, not have a screaming toddler running around the house, have some dinner, um, have a little wine, and just enjoy it. So uh, three-year three year anniversary, and uh, yeah, hopefully many more to come.
2: So now I want to know what you're ordering for dinner and what kind of wine we going with here.
1: Okay, so I don't even know. Whatever my wife wants for dinner is what we're having. I don't know what it is. We got sushi there, which is actually really good. Um, I don't know what we're getting this time around. Um, and as far as the wine, my wife uh, – I keep calling her my wife. Stephanie, Stephanie bought the, uh, the wine. She bought it – I think she got it from like Aldi. So it's not high-end. It's, it's like some, <laughs> some wine she's been wanting to try. Um, I know it's a white wine. Both bottles are white wine, so I now look we each have a bottle, right? So is it even worth getting a glass out or should I just drink it straight from? I, I think I might just go straight from.
2: I mean, this is gonna be a hell of a night at the old vertebrae's I'm I'm excited for you.
1: I don't have to work till three o'clock tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm you know, and i have to watch my daughter get up with her, so I'm ready to party.
2: There there we go. Uh Hold on a second here. I had, I had one other question for you, but it's, it's, it's slipping my mind. Regardless, congratulations for in three years is a hell of an accomplishment. Oh, I got it now. What's the worst thing about being married to you? Oh
1: God, the good list. Um, the worst thing about being married to me is probably, it would probably be that I always feel the need to make sure things are as close to perfect as they can be. And, and th- in terms of like the house, like I'm very particular about like the color something's painted or the way the porch looks or the way the grass is cut. Like I'm very, very anal about that. But I'm sure if you ask Steph, I'm sure she'd give you 10 things that are worse than that. 10 I, easily. Not, not even a qu- I'm sure. I know I put like, I always, I'll put like my, like I usually a ball cereal at night. And I'll wash it out, you know, a little soap, and a little water, and I'll put it right next to the sink. I just leave it there. Like, it's just my syrup. I just always have done that, and it drives her insane. Insane. She wants it,
2: she wants it back in the cabinet.
1: In the cabinet or in the dishwasher. Just get it the hell away from her, from her, from the the the, uh, the countertop. And I do it every night. And this has been an ongoing battle for what five years now. It's just she's never going to win this battle. So that um, that might be right up there too.
2: So your stubbornness. Might be teed up here. I'm hearing a stubborn verdoram because you just went well, with my biggest weakness is that I'm too perfect. That's what I just heard. Like, yeah, you make the lawn really nice. You do everything over here, but oh, you're just like,
1: me. no, 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 no. It's not that <laughs> things, that's the problem. They're never perfect. Okay. That's the issue. So it's not, it's not that I feel that I'm perfect. It's a complete opposite of that. <laughs> I feel like it's never good enough. So, uh, and also quickly, I got to do this a quick shout out to uh, my best friend who's really like my brother has been for decades now Uh, best man at my wedding Mike Condon his wife Hannah is in the process right now of giving birth to their first child uh, Henry Henry Condon I'm very very excited for that I can't wait to see what he looks like God I hope he looks like her not him Um, but just really really excited
2: made me think of good fellas with Henry Bernard congrats man um yeah, I'm not sharing anything, but that was, I think we're just going to make this segment about you and your, your, your three year and your, your, your biggest weakness slash strength slash amazingness and my ability, my, my, my swings at trolling you. But Hey, everyone, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Stack of the box coming out now bi-weekly in the off season every Tuesday. So hope you're enjoying it. And uh, of course, stay safe on out there and let people know about this uh, football podcast if you're enjoying it. We appreciate you passing it along. Matt, good to be with you, man.
1: You too. Take care.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between.